Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh-huh. You know, we've said this many times with COVID pandemic. For a lot of people around the country, it's kind of been over for a while. They've gone back to just living their lives. Other parts of the country, no, you're still wearing a mask at work. Your kid's got to be masked all day. It just depends on where you're at, right? We're always hearing about, you know, the mandates and people losing their mind over that. You understand why. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as kids go, I mean, they were never really at risk of dying. No. What, 0.003, something like that? But, of course, when they had the vaccine for the kids, it was brought out as this big deal breakthrough. Parents have been waiting. Finally. Oh, it's just great news, right? And then what is it? 28% of parents have had their kids vaccinated one time between the ages of 5 and 11. So now they're talking about rolling it out for the kids well, younger than that, that'd be six months to five. And so as I see the opening of the Today Show on NBC, good news for kids today. Uh, well, not so well, sure about that one. It's yeah. news, but you're slanting that, aren't you? Why is it yeah, just a bit. good? Yeah. Um, but it was Gabe Gutierrez who, who had the report. All right. Thank you, Gabe Gutierrez. And that's it. That's all we have of that. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, you want to actually hear it? Okay, all right. A COVID vaccine could be available for children under the age of five by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. According to the Washington Post, Pfizer is expected to submit an emergency use authorization request to the FDA as soon as today. For Okay. Mm-hmm. What's the emergency right now? I mean that sincerely. Yeah, for little kids, uh, there isn't one. The rates are going down. As far as the amount infected. And this doesn't keep you from getting Omicron, which is 99% of the variants out there right now, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. How, how does that make sense at all? It, all right, take us off Spotify. Misinformation! <laughs> well, see, that's, that's just, just a it, right? question. Yeah, it doesn't right. make no. any friggin' sense. No. No. Somebody explain that one to me. Okay, so anyway, Gabe goes on. It's two-shot COVID vaccine. This comes after the company added a third dose to its clinical trial, saying two doses did not provide a strong enough immune response okay. for children between six months and five years old. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Two not enough, we're going three. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the parent of two kids in that age demographic, David. Yeah, just about. Um, yeah, my son is about to hit that six-month mark, uh, what, in March or something like that? Yeah. Uh, no, April. Um, but no, I'm. I'm gonna wait. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I can tell well, you that it, right now. I'm not doing it. Most parents aren't. And it would be what? You just want to wait and see, right? Right. Well, you know, you're hearing some reporting out of the FDA that uh, they are not putting this through uh, the same rigors that they did for the adult population. So it's like right. okay, and we know the FDA has been. Uh, compromised due to politics. That's why you had a couple of people leading up that operation leave last year. So for me, when it comes to my kids, I'm going to wait and see. They've had all their other shots. I've had the COVID vaccine because I'm at a higher risk for them. I'm a fat guy with a history of smoking. Of course, I'm going to get the COVID vaccine. 
Well, you know, <laughs> you know what it sounds like to me, David, that you're just a victim of misinformation. Uh-huh. You know why I say that? Why? Well, I think that's what Gabe said, because Hoda asked him, hey, what, what are they going to try to do, these parents? There's a lot that haven't got their kids 5 to 11 vaccinated. What? What are they going to try to do here? Well, Hoda, the reason for that low rate may be that some parents have been susceptible to vaccine misinformation. And some may believe that the virus really doesn't affect kids. But the CDC has released data that in major cities, virtually all of the children who became seriously ill were not fully vaccinated. So public officials hope to double down on awareness campaigns, Hoda. Okay, so Gabe, that's called a base rate fallacy if you're looking at Mm -hmm. only kids who wound up in the hospital either with or because of COVID, that's not representative of the entire population under the age of 11. And if you actually look at the data and don't just swing from the CDC and Biden administration's, I can't say that yeah. word, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're not doing that, you can actually look at the data and say, no, younger kids, if they get it, it's usually fairly mild. It's not going to kill them, certainly. So... I mean, if I if my kids and I'm I'm glad I'm not in a situation like this, if my kids were otherwise compromised, if they were sick, if they were dealing with mm-hmm. cancer or something like that, I would consider it. But right now they're perfectly healthy. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't see the point. I mean, when you my see question is, who's really passing along the misinformation here? Exactly. Right. Exactly. There was other there were other parts to that report. I'll play you just two other snippets. While still high, new COVID cases in children are declining, falling to about 800,000 new infections recorded last week. That's nearly a quarter of all reported cases in the U.S. So what? The the amount. It's dropping. It's like you're killing your own argument. And then does he get to uh, the cops in New York? Meanwhile, New York City's mayor is reminding municipal employees, including police officers, they'll be fired unless they're vaccinated by the end of next week. The worst thing I can do is to state that here's a rule that we're requiring of New Yorkers and then change that. Then what about all those other New Yorkers that follow the rule? Uh, That's the problem. So we're just going to just follow it all the way through. When I don't know, we need cops more than ever. We're going to fire you if you don't get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know what you could not actually say? You know what we've learned? Because of new information, it doesn't protect you from Omicron. It doesn't. Okay? And you can still pass it along. You know what successful people do all the time when they get new information? They adapt based on the information. Well, that, that just wouldn't be fair. Well, then you can't critically think. You're already in over your head. How about you just walk up there and say, you know what? These mandate things are not working. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna remove them everywhere. I mean in Denver, There'll be no more mandates. In Denver, We're done. Nor- Mass, no. San Francisco. I think they actually mentioned San Francisco this Starting case. today, San Francisco yeah. is loosening its mask rules, but only for people who are fully vaccinated and boosted. Well, at least it's something. Man, how are you gonna know that with a stamp on your forehead? Jeez. Stopping people to look at their papers? Just crazy. Switching gears a little bit, but on the topic of mandates, the convoy in Canada, the anti-vaccine mandate with all of the truckers, that convoy, 45 miles. I mean, it's wild, man, to see it. And I don't know if you have seen any of the footage of people congregating, chanting freedom. Mm -hmm. It just does your heart good. Because Canada, I mean, there's a, 
when you talk about a constitutional crisis going on, it really is happening in Canada in a number of different oh, ways. Yeah. And, and this is just part of it. And so, as you probably heard, there, you know, all of these uh, truckers are headed to the Capitol. And where's Justin Trudeau, the prime minister? Oh, he's gone. He's scared to death. He's got COVID. Well, or so we've been told. So we've been told. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But and now he's in some hidden bunker somewhere, right. and now he's doing the video stuff. But he wants you to know he's not against protests, right? especially ones that he believes in. Right. Check it. I have attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric oh my gosh oh my gosh the lack of self-awareness blows my mind and it goes on blows Violence my mind. towards fellow citizens uh, and a disrespect uh, not just of science but of uh, the frontline health workers and quite frankly the 90 percent of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep canadians safe yeah. i wouldn't do anything you know about violence or anything like that Mm-hmm. Hateful rhetoric. Yeah. Holy smokes, yeah. man. Yeah, it's 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 a bad sign when the leader of a country is saying you can protest as long as I agree with what you're demonstrating uh-huh. in favor of, because that ain't a free country. Well, it's the same thing happening. about disinformation. Disinformation is anything I disagree with. Yeah. Is disinformation right from the elite? That's it. Yeah. People have had enough. That's the definition. Yes. All right, David. Jobs report today. Yeah. Well, and? The, yeah, the White House is bracing for a bad one. The jobs report coming out later this week. Um, but the White House is already putting some pretty wild spin on it. This is Jen Psaki speaking yesterday about the bad jobs report. Okay. Roll it. I can't wait to hear this. Uh, because Omicron was so highly transmissible, nearly 9 million people called out sick in early January when the jobs data was being collected. So during that same period of time and the week the survey of t- was taken, the week of January 12th, was at the height of the Omicron spike. So we just wanted to kind of prepare um, you know, people to understand how the data is taken, what they're looking at, oh, okay. and what it is an assessment of. And as, as a result, the month's jobs report may show job losses in large part because workers were out sick from Omicron at the point when it was peaking during the period when the week where the data was taken. So they're saying if people are out sick, they're not counted in the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, surveys. That's not true. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, they say individuals are counted as employed. This is from their website. Okay. Individuals are counted as employed if they have a job at which they did not work during the survey week, whether they were paid or not, because they were on vacation, they were ill, experiencing child care problems, the list goes on. If you are employed but not drawing a paycheck for one reason or another because you're out sick, you are still counted as employed, and then you're tabulated separately as with a job but not at work mm-hmm. because they have a job. They're just not there right now. Dude, they lie all the time about any sort of bad news. You know, we had the clip from her yesterday where she was talking about, well, see, like right now you look at CNN, they're talking about Russia, Ukraine and MSNBC. But over on Fox, they're talking about how the streets aren't safe right now with high crime and that our administration is soft on crime. (laughs) It's like they're out of touch. You're like, no, that's what people care about, Pisaki. 
Well, nobody's going nobody's to do that deep dive, David just said. Yeah. So you can just say it. I guess. And, and throw it out there, and people just buy it. Well, it's because of the pandemic. Speaking of violence... Man, don't take somebody's steak. Dude. Daddy. At Golden Corral and Wow. There is uh, some incredible video making the rounds right now. Massive brawl at the Golden Corral just outside of Philadelphia. This happened in Ben Salem. And you need to hear the report from CBS Philly, which, of course, went live from outside the Golden Corral where this happened two (laughs) days after it happened. being thrown and high chairs flying as a fight breaks out inside the Golden Corral in Ben Salem Friday evening. I've never seen nothing like that in in Golden Corral before. (laughs) This man who used to work at the Ben Salem Golden Corral says he was... Time out a second. (laughs) Have you seen it anywhere else? I was just going to ask that too, yeah. Just curious. Walmart? (laughs) McDonald's? Yeah, where? What happened? They run out of the McFlurry. He was told by a current employee about the initial altercation. From what I heard, it was over steak. Take a close listen, and a man can be heard saying, all I wanted was some steak. Golden Corral wouldn't answer our email asking if a lack of steak caused the melee. It was, man. High chairs over the head, yeah. flinging them, people dodging them. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. <laughs> All I wanted. Oh, what the thing, man? Dang. Okay. Much more to get to. Uh, yeah, Tom Brady is retired. Got to get to that. And Whoopi Goldberg had to walk one back. Uh, I guess the hog cost was about race after all. It's all coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robbins? Okay. I remember when this broke yesterday, uh, I thought Van Camp's head was going to explode. Yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) She did some apologizing. Yeah, well, she's on The View, and uh, she said something really stupid about the Holocaust. That, well, it wasn't about race. That's what she said, yes. The Holocaust isn't about race. It's about man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. Well, but it's not not about race. But these are two white groups of people. (laughs) Two white people just fighting. That's all it is. And I mean, so she put out this uh, statement saying that she stands corrected. (laughs) Like on second thought, I took a second run at this. I heard from the Anti-Defamation League and, well, they said that it was about race. And so, whoops, (laughs) my bad. She had some conversations. Yeah. And she'd go out on Colbert's show. I yeah. think I saw a clip of that this yeah, morning. Yeah, she went on Colbert's show and said, well, as a black woman, always got to play that card, right? No. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have the clip if you want to hear it. I do. Okay. This is her on Colbert's I was, show. I was, just, I was about to say, ah, that's all right. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> all right. Yeah, saying that, well, I, I, I... The Holocaust isn't about race. No. No. It's well, not about race. It's not about race. It's not about race. So they set up the clip, and then here is her apology. I Got feel it. 
being black, when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. As a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. I am very upset about that people are misunderstood what I was saying. And so because of it, uh, they're saying that I'm anti-Semitic and that uh, I'm denying the Holocaust and all these other things, which, you know, would never occur to me. Okay. I understood everything you said. I understood it all. There was no misunderstanding there. Well, just remember that, Whoopi, the next time some white person says something that may not be acceptable right now, especially as an older American, okay? Their intent wasn't bad, okay? But it came out wrong. Have a little grace toward that person. No. I doubt that's going to happen. People who misunderstood me. Yeah, come on. I understood everything. I understood what you were saying, and it was wrong. Yes, you're saying you don't have to, like, somehow explain it. Yeah, like, well, tell me what I heard, but it wasn't what I heard. I misunderstood what you said. She's trying to explain her truth. Gosh, dang. You know, it's kind of amazing, though. ABC, the same network, fired Roseanne Barr a few years ago because of an extremely ill-advised tweet about Valerie Jarrett. Yeah. And she thought... Her excuse was uh, she thought that Valerie Jarrett was white, so it wouldn't be racist if she made that Planet of the Apes comparison or whatever. Right. (laughs) ABC showed her absolutely no grace. They kicked her out for that tweet after apologizing profusely. Listen, man, I always remember when Megyn Kelly, when she had that show on NBC, and asked the question about blackface. Because there were other actresses that would do blackface, like dressing up for Halloween. Is it, you know, is it a problem, like, to do that at Halloween? She was asking the question. Just to ask the question got her freaking fired. Now, there was a lot of reasons for that. But, man, she made out well cashing in on that contract. But with Whoopi, oh, it's totally different. Right. Oh, we misunderstood her. Just, uh, you know. You said... Uh, NBC had incredible coverage of Tom Brady's retirement. Well, it was NBC New York okay. that had this. Uh, let me try to pull this up here. Uh, NBC New York, uh, Tom Brady retired, of course. And Tom Brady, this is how they framed it. Tom Brady, who lost two Super Bowls to the Giants during his legendary 22-year <laughs> NFL career, <laughs> retires. <laughs> that's that's good trolling. That's, that's that really is. good trolling. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, he is, man. He's, if not going out on top winning a Super Bowl, it's fairly close. Pretty I close. mean, bringing a team back from 27-3 yeah. to three and still losing. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, I don't blame him for being done. I mean, I think it was always when he felt like he didn't have the juice anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like to want the will to yeah. continue to strive. Well, and your body just gets torn up, too. I mean, how long do you sustain that stuff, you know? I mean, no, he's been man. hit 100,000 times. So, but, man, yeah. when you looked at the just the work regimen yeah. and what oh, he yeah. ate and what he did to keep his body going, it was a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, something. Okay, uh, scientists have now spoken out about how their community silenced them about the lab leak. Next.
All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, real quick, this just jumped out at me. 50% of Americans say, yeah, we should impeach Biden. 50% right now. Wow. Does now, that jump out at you? Yeah, it does. But it's it Rasmussen. Scares me a little bit, too. I know. Because in the on-deck circle, oh, buddy. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I understand. But no that one. is surprising. That half of the people surveyed said yes. It's just the question when it comes to especially the southern border, where it's still a crisis. Mm-hmm. And what happened in Afghanistan? Yep. You think of those things. You're Inflation. like, yeah. Here's, you know, you say 50% of Americans, really? That's 74% of Republicans, 34% of Democrats mm. support impeachment of Biden. 42% of independents. Isn't that jarring? Is that just me? No, yeah, it's well, surprising. Look governor and when he became pre-K. The pre-K. Right. Yeah, whatever. Well, and the way the question was worded in the poll, too, because it had to do specifically with the failure in Afghanistan and the crisis at the border. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you've shown that you cannot lead. You've shown that you cannot do the job in spectacular fashion. Yeah. It was those things. And then it says, among other things. I mean, imagine if. Imagine if you were gone. And, and then we get scared because then, yeah, it's Kamala. And no, it's not happening today, I think. Not we, today. Right. I know. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen today. Oh, but, yeah, you think people aren't happy. There's no doubt about it. Holy cow. Okay. I really want to hear this story, David, because we've talked about it before. Scientists who are now speaking out about how their own community silenced them. Yeah. Well, there's a really good chance that the coronavirus came out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, that lab in Wuhan, China, where the pandemic began. Uh, Although it's definitely too late to ever know for sure, in part because so many top scientists demonized anyone who said, hey, it could have come out of that lab, you know, so early on in the pandemic. Now, you know, the Chinese government was busy shredding papers and disappearing scientists, so who knows if we would have ever... Uh, found out even had this not happened, even had so many top scientists, Fauci among them, not completely tamped down the idea of a lab leak as just a conspiracy theory. But, but still, he knew, it's frustrating. we know from the email chain, he knew. Yeah. That's what's so frustrating. So Fox News spoke with a few people who were raising the alarm about this early on, including Australian doctor Nikolai Petrovsky who said medical journals wouldn't even touch anything that suggested this came out of a lab. Right. Getting blanket rejections from editors saying, too hot to handle. There was a a concern about offending China, and people didn't want to, um, you know, upset that relationship. We got our head shot um, from every direction. Um, It was all about politics uh, and, and was never about science. Remember the 60 Minutes report that ran out of Australia that connected it all together? That was, that was early on. Yes, it was. I remember playing parts of it on the show. 60 Minutes in the United States didn't do anything like that. No. But they, they were pretty honest about it from the get-go. And it was like American media wanted nothing to do with that. I mean, if you were really after the truth, certainly if you're 60 Minutes in Australia... 60 Minutes in the United States knows what they're doing. 
the same company in the end. There's no curiosity at all to follow up on that, what they found out? Well, a lot of times they'll pick up a story from 60 Minutes Australia and run it here. Sure. I mean, that makes sense. It would have made sense for them to run this one. Right. Yeah. Yes, it was all tamped down. But you're right, though. You go back, I mean, two years now seems like 200 years, but if you go back to the, the origination of this thing, and when it was like, well, wait, how did this happen? And they did the bat thing for a while? Yes. And then it was like, well, wait a minute, this came out of this lab. It was a lab leak. I mean, we don't know if it was on purpose or not, but it was a lab leak, right? Well, again, you were shouted down. They went right back to the bats. Well, and then It had we, to jump from animal to human. It had to because it couldn't have happened any other way. The other part is we have the email chain. Yes. With the, you know, National Institute of Health director, Francis Collins, and Fauci talking about it. And nothing's going to get done uh, until the Republicans get the House. Golly. And I'm hoping then something will be done. And, David, you're not believing it. Nothing's going to be done. Because those Republicans are probably also bought and paid for. Well, I mean, I'll just say if past is prologue, you know, a lot of Republicans tend to talk a big game and say this is what we're going to do as soon as we get control. And then they step on the rake and, and, and flail. So... I don't have any confidence at all. Hold big tech accountable. Right, exactly. Wait a second. How much did they pay my campaign? (laughs) I'll get to that next term. Right. It's the way it seems to go sometimes. Okay, moving on. Who is the shrill MSNBC boss you bring to the table, David? Oh, these two guys. I mean, they're... So the moral panic around Joe Rogan continues. The arguments keep getting crazier. And legacy media, they're ticked off at Joe Rogan because a couple of episodes of his podcast where he talked to actual doctors who just happen to have different takes on COVID vaccines. And somehow that's this unforgivable sin. And they're trying to get Joe Rogan canceled from Spotify. Now, on MSNBC last night, Chris Hayes and a jealous liberal podcaster named Sam Cedar said, well, you know, Joe Rogan is just in over his head. He's not trained like a professional journalist is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stelter did this, too. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. I think the thing that he doesn't fundamentally understand is that his intent is irrelevant. Yeah. It really is. And, and I actually think that, you know, his intent isn't as bad as a lot of others, uh, uh, players out there. But he doesn't quite get what he's doing, I think, on many ways. I mean, he thinks he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't understand it from the perspective of the way that it impacts society. And, and the other thing oh about it, too, gosh. is like you can just talk about stuff that doesn't matter that much. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. That's the other thing. You can just choose to, like, talk about comedy or talk about, like... Okay, all right. So this is a stay-in-your-lane Joe Rogan yes. from the professionals? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. This is something, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Think about, I don't know, the unknown podcaster, but as far as Chris Hayes, you do all the takes that that guy has had on COVID or a number of different things. Over the last two years, the riots, anything else, see how it holds up. And you're going to try to hold Joe Rogan accountable for what? That's a joke. Right. It is. I mean, just on facts and information, he probably beats you more than he would beat you in a ring, which would honestly be fun to watch. But it's not even close. He's in over his head. Right. That's the thing. And and, and that's the bottom line. He's in over his head. He doesn't realize it. He's making too much money for them, for them to tell him. And and that's that's the bottom line. God. 
that's that's desperation. It really is. <laughs> that is two absolute wusses going, oh, my gosh, at least we had this part of the world. And right. now a guy like Joe Rogan has taken it. And young men aren't listening to us. Oh, no. That's, that's Winger saying <laughs> Axl Rose is in over his head. <laughs> It's, it's worse than that, man. It's Andrew Ridgely from Wham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Is there a John Oates joke in there somewhere, too? Probably. Okay. Well, here's the thing, man. And this is one of Rogan's points when he was supposedly walking everything back with an apology. That he didn't really walk stuff back. I mean, he made points when he addressed the whole controversy and chris hayes should know this eight months ago if you said if you get vaccinated you can still catch covid and you can still spread covid you would be removed from social media they would they would ban you from certain platforms now that's accepted as fact yep if you said i don't think cloth masks work you would be banned from social media because we were all in the same boat Mm -hmm. along with rogan on that Talking about what was true. Now, that's openly and repeatedly stated on CNN. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now, that's on the cover of Newsweek. Right. Who did all those things, Chris? Mr. Hayes Mm -hmm. at MSNBC? Someone that either gets their talking points from someone else and just does what they're told to do, or someone that can't cannot critically think about things and that's you you're a wuss everyone knows that and now it's really being shown for the world to see and that's what you're really upset about it's hilarious man it is joe rogan is in over his head (laughs) (laughs) okay and more on that story a little bit later because brian stelter sort of did uh the same thing I don't know if you heard that or not. I haven't. Oh, well, you know, somebody like Rogan doesn't have, you know, all the experts like CNN has. Oh, God, jeez. Incredible. (laughs) Story out of Switzerland I wanted to share. Uh, A man there has legally declared himself a woman. You can do that, you know. A lot of places you just say it. Right. You got to be recognized as a woman. Can't prove it. Um, Why did he do that? Um. Well, so he could retire a year early because of the laws there. <laughs> it only cost him 75 Swiss francs <laughs> 75 just to bucks. exploit this loophole in the retirement regulations to retire, retire a year earlier and receive, as the story says, even more lavish benefits than he would have if he would have remained a male on paper. So thanks to this new law. Swiss citizens are allowed to change their sex on paper without needing to provide any documentation. You don't need a doctor, physician, any of that stuff. It's just, I declare myself now to be a woman. Wow, that's incredible. So retirement benefits in certain Swiss states differ by sex. Okay. In Lucerne, women are allowed to retire a full year earlier. And women also receive more generous benefits. So this dude's like, sure, I'm a woman. (laughs) Absolutely. Does he have to turn back after a year, or will he turn back? Or Don't know yet. Yeah. He's just going to enjoy that retirement. Well, I, I suppose know. you can always change your mind, right? Um, but it, pensions are pretty high. 
They can range from around 15 grand to 27 grand annually, depending on factors like age and gender. Um, so we'll see where that story goes wow. and how many people are going to try to follow that. But yeah, as far as, yeah, I'll take, take a year off. I think I'm ready to retire. Yep, I'm a woman. Okay. <laughs> Something else got to get to. You will not believe the percentage of kids tested at Baltimore high schools read at an elementary level. This is terrifying. That and much more coming up right here. Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, a little while ago, MSNBC Chris Hayes had that clip of him saying Joe Rogan was in over his head. Yeah. <laughs> and we could go through a whole history of stuff with Chris Hayes. The yeah. one, though, that was uh, I was just reminded of was when he had said that Fox News only covered theft because they hate black people. That was one of the all-time classics of Chris Hayes. Oh, man, I forgot about that one. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But it's Joe Rogan we got to look out for, everybody. Okay. All right, what's the story, David, with the Baltimore High School? You know, we talked about this before, and and I'll stand by it. If uh, at this point you're defending any school that shut down past maybe fall of 2020, then you also never get to talk about inequality or race in America ever again. You're out. You're out of that conversation. Uh, Now, WBFF Television in Baltimore, they've been following the many, many failures in the public education system there. BFF, big friggin' failure, yes. (laughs) Right. We've talked about uh, that station before. They have a thing called Project Baltimore, where there was like one kid who had less than a 1.0 GPA, and he was still in the top half of his class. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, why couldn't I go to school like that? Valedictorian. This is a district that spends the most per student per capita in the nation. But it's corrupt as hell. Yes. Uh, a teacher contacted this station with data showing that 77% of students tested at one high school, one, just one, are reading at an elementary school level. Yeah. That's according to what they call iReady assessments. Now, iReady assessments are not, that's for basically internal use only. They don't put those out publicly. But this was leaked to them by a teacher who's saying, this is crazy, this has to stop. The teacher works at Patterson High School, where that's one of the largest high schools in Baltimore, a 61% graduation rate with a nearly $12 million budget. Okay. If it was the private sector and someone was running a business, how to teach kids and you spent that much money, yeah. what do you think the results would They'd be? They'd be out of business. Yes, but if you, if you actually hired someone, they'd get 3.0s. Right. <laughs> Easy. It's, it's the, no doubt in my mind. It's the liberal doctrine, though. Everything, you just throw money at something and, and walk away. Yes, and then claim everything's, racism. Everything's underfunded, so therefore we must pump more money into it without right. any sort of accountability at all. Yes. It was just 1.9% of the yeah. students tested at that school who were reading on grade level. Unbelievable. 
And when you spend that much money, do you still say lack of resources? Oh, sure they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. What resources are they lacking? I mean that sincerely. It's a scam. I mean, you. We, I mean, come on, man. How many city leaders in Baltimore have been run out of town or indicted because they've been in on some sort of grift? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. You had, what, back-to-back mayors there? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, they don't care about these kids. But, yeah, you're right. It's like, well, we blame white supremacy. Okay, well, uh, a lot of the leadership in Baltimore is black. A lot of the teachers are black. A lot I know. of the students are black. How is this a white supremacy problem? It sounds like it's a failure of administration. Yes, and my goodness, if you're looking deeper than that, you cannot bring up the black family. You can't bring up kids growing up in a fatherless home. Can't do it. Even though, what was it? You go back to the stats, 1960, 22% of black children raised in a single parent house. And now, as we know, it's well over 70%. And from all the measurable stats, you see how that does not do a child well at all. It won't address it. Can't do it. No, it just... and, and part of it, honestly, you got to figure in the end, is because there are people that are really making money off the grift. They don't want that to ever stop. Right. What else would they do? But that's why you get a bunch of people clearing their conscience by throwing money at something. Oh, yeah, and then you feel good about yeah, it. Yeah, like, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm right, good It's now. not getting to the root of the problem. I'm going to go back to my high-end school and get my kids in there, yeah. It was. Did you guys see the story about 49ers fans the other day? Couldn't watch the game, which maybe was a blessing because they lost. It was a stray bullet that knocked out their cable. Oh, geez. Yes. This was in Oakland. Some idiot with a gun fired over a dozen shots into the air from his car. You want a way to change people's minds and get tough on crime? That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't see my football game. Several of the bullets hit Comcast wires, knocking out cable for thousands of people. One bullet actually went straight through two different cables, and there was a picture online of the damage. Um, no, the game didn't start till 3.30. This happened early. They still didn't get it fixed on time. Oh, damn. Yes. You imagine Robin's there. What's going on <laughs> with the cable? <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot of stuff all of a sudden going on. News update, David Van Camp. Well, there is a uh, new study. It was a meta-analysis of other studies that have gone on from Johns Hopkins University that shows what many of us kind of instinctively knew, especially after the initial panic of the coronavirus when it first appeared in the United States. Uh, Lockdowns in the U.S. and Europe had little or no impact in reducing COVID-19 deaths. Gosh, dang. Kick Van Camp off all platforms. Yeah, you know, you know the, information. but again, you got, you got to remember that Johns Hopkins University and people who work there, very fringe, like yeah. right-wing QAnon people, 
right? Yeah, yes, like Harvard, Stanford, <laughs> yeah, the other right. people yeah. that said yeah. he came Mayo, from a lab. Yeah, yeah. sure, all of Forget them. Yeah. So, so what they did was they looked at lockdowns during the early phase of the pandemic in 2020, or in 2020 uh, ending like May 20th, I think, was the period. Uh, they said, yeah, it reduced COVID-19 mortality by about 0.2%. But the lockdowns did have a devastating effect, as we know, on the economy and contributed to numerous social ills. They contributed to reducing economic activity, raising unemployment, reducing schooling, causing political unrest, contributing to domestic violence, and undermining liberal democracy. That's what they write in the report. They also say they were count, they were counterproductive. And again, this was something that we talked about, especially I think it was in the context of L.A., trying to figure out what is it that's making, if lockdowns work, why is it that mm-hmm. L.A. had such trouble? Like, especially if you're talking uh, the middle of 2020 or so. Lockdowns, they write, have limited people's access to safe outdoor places like beaches, parks, and zoos or included outdoor mask mandates or strict outdoor gathering restrictions, which pushed people to meet at less safe indoor places. Indeed, we do find some evidence that limiting gatherings was counterproductive and increased COVID-19 mortality. Not to mention how much mental health has gone downhill for so many people. You know, you didn't mention drug overdoses in there either. Oh, I know. I mean... But we talked about it at the time. Yeah. That's what a leader has to do, has to make tough decisions. It, that's the grown-ups. That not everyone's going to like the decision, but you have to take all the information in and then make a decision what is best for all people, the entire country. And that was a tough thing because you're not just talking about slowing the spread or the death number, the amount of cases, it was also taking people's jobs and kids in school. And how much are you going to just wreck people's lives and businesses and everything else? And that's where it's a tough decision. And, uh, oh, the dude from Texas, Patrick, what's the guy's name? Dan David? Patrick. Yeah. When he, You remember what he said? As a 70-year-old guy, I don't want to kill the future of my grandkids. Right. And he was obliterated for that. But that's what it took at the time is someone to make these types of decisions. It's real easy to say, well, we're just going to do what we're told from uh, Fauci. And we're just going to take his guidance and follow it no matter what. Well, it just takes you off the hook. You're a weak leader because you have to take everything into consideration. Yeah. And, And Trump was willing to do it, but he was massacred for it. Oh, yeah. You know, death, it's all about money. It was more than that. And now we're finding it out. I'm sure that 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 particular story is probably not going to get a whole lot of coverage, David. Oh, probably not, because we have to worry more about Joe Rogan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and if Joe Rogan talks about this, he's spreading misinformation again. Absolutely ridiculous. That's wild, man. They don't cite what the misinformation is. What's the misinformation? What is it? They don't. You know, and, and the thing with Fauci is, too, I mean, it was all taken on face value. We, you couldn't have any sort of disagreement with Lord Fauci, particularly in the first six to eight months of this thing. Well, I remember us talking about it in the first couple of months. I remember one day saying, man, I feel like I'm taking my car into a mechanic and because I don't know cars. Right. And I'm at their mercy. I don't know. Right. None of us know. Yeah. So we're, we're trying to find out what's going on. 
And at the same time, you almost have to put your trust somewhat mm-hmm. in, right, in exactly. the guidance because we don't know. Yeah. But as we started finding out more and more, and you're critically thinking about it, saying, hey, this doesn't match what they're telling us as to what they told us before, and then the information coming in, and then you had people question it. And for the people that just sort of want to be told what to do all the time and feel safe that way, they start demonizing the people that want to critically think about what's going on for real. My opinion, that's what we've seen over time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, uh, we're told from national media, biggest concern right now is Russia and Ukraine, right? Wanted to play this little piece for you. And tell me, if this starts to get boring, I'll just stop. It's interesting to me because you got one of these old school reporters. His name's Matt Lee. He's from the Associated Press. Yeah. You can hear it in his voice. He's an old schooler. He had a dust up with... Ned Price, the <laughs> State Department spokesperson before. I'm no fan of Ned. No, the Nedinator. Nope. Just empty words, weak. Yeah. It just sucks no, all the way around. It's one of these model UN dorks who thinks the real world operates the same way it worked at his private prep school. Yes. Yep. And so as Ned is trying to say, well, we're taking the lead on this, how we deal with you know, Russia possibly invading Ukraine, at least trying to get to the bottom of that. I'm just trying to, because it's, it just sounds like the same thing going back and forth between both sides. And when you say that the Security Council takes the lead in determining the existence of a threat to international peace and security, um, did the Security Council actually do anything? <laughs> did they actually do, do anything, anything, Ned? Uh, Matt, uh, this was not about uh, a resolution. It was not about a vote. Uh, this was about an exposition of the facts. And hasn't there been an, uh, expositions after expositions after expositions Matt, of this going we, back? We are, we are not. Now. We are not. You, you, you yourself get up here every single day and talk <laughs> about, or whenever you get up here, I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, just when when you're briefing, you get up here and you talk about the G7, you talk about the EU, you talk about NATO, you talk about, uh, you know, any, uh, any, any number of international fora sure. that where this stuff has actually come out and been agreed on. Matt. Right. So what are we talking that's, about? That's a long way of saying, what exactly would you say <laughs> y- you do here? Yes. It's just words. Uh, Matt, we are not going to say, apologize for engaging in robust okay. diplomacy, for bringing this to <laughs> every conceivable... Robust diplomacy. diplomacy. Robust. <laughs> yes. This is the same guy that was expecting the kinder, gentler Taliban. Right. Yes. It's a freaking loser. Fora, when you say an appropriate fora, okay, uh, and for continuing to be transparent with our concerns. Okay, well, if, if the criticism is that we are engaging too robustly in diplomacy, <laughs> that we're being too transparent, that we're being too consistent in what we're saying, no, I, you that don't is criticism that, that we will accept okay. if that's a criticism you want to lodge. Well, I'm not criticizing at all. I'm just curious as to when you say the world is united Listen. in opposing... Russian aggression. This is the best. Uh, but and, and and you say that because of what happened in the Security Council today, then that's just flat wrong because the world isn't united. There were two members of the council that veto uh, wielding members of the council that didn't even want to have this meeting in the first place. <laughs> so you're lying, Ned. I, it, I'm sorry I'm trying to read this reporter's mind, but it's like, I've been here too long. I've heard this BS before. You're lying. What do you do? Okay. Well, whatever he's doing, it's robust. Well, 
Of course. You bring up Afghanistan, and it's a very similar dynamic. You know, with Afghanistan, you know, you either say, hey, we're fully aware that the Taliban is going to take over, but we need to get out 20 years is long enough. Or you don't leave. You know, that that's basically it. Th- those mm-hmm. are your options. Uh, with Ukraine, you either say, we know Russia very well could invade, and we don't love it, but that's the way it is. Or Russia better not mess around, or we'll bomb the crap out of them. <laughs> Like, pick a lane and stick with right. it. But this whole, like, we're going to... This diplomacy, and we, we're agreed, we're and we're all together, wins. and we're united. Guys, no, you're not. No, you're not. What was the one he called him out before? That was Afghanistan. This, this was the point that we have made on any number uh, of uh, steps about uh, the importance of the durability of uh, American foreign policies. Uh, oh, gosh. All of that stuff. Gosh, dang. I can't take any more. Maybe later in the show. But Matt Lee, good for him. At least he's doing his job. All right, let's get to uh, Newsom. Hey, when he was pictured with Magic Johnson without the mask yeah. at the Rams game, it was for a smidgen of a sack. Right, that's it. Uh, and, and COVID's understanding it knows you're next to an NBA legend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, I will not infect anybody. Right. So in California, you know, kids over the age of two should always wear masks in public. But the governor, (laughs) Gavin Newsom, was able to hang out in a luxury suite at an NFL game without a mask. And he was photographed, like you mentioned, with Magic Johnson. But Gavin Newsom addressed that yesterday, saying, well, that was the only time I took the mask off. Okay, Which is a lie. Magic was kind enough, generous enough to ask me for a photograph. And in my left hand's the mask and I took a photo. The rest of the time I wore it. Uh, as we all should, uh, not when I had a glass of water or a thing, and I uh, encourage everybody else to do so. And, uh, I mean, of, of course, I was trying to be gracious, and I made a mistake. You know, I mean, I was trying to be gracious. I was trying to cut Magic a break. Right. All right? <laughs> he asked me for the photo. Yeah. I'm trying to be gracious. Huh? I was trying to be gracious and took the mask off for a brief second. But, oh. uh, no, yeah. I encourage people to continue to wear them. Of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't just a brief second. I mean, there there are shots of him in the crowd yeah, yes, without the mask on, and he's not that's drinking it. And, and that's fine. I mean, to me, personally, I don't care, I don't care if he wears a mask or doesn't. But stop forcing two-year-olds at daycare to mask up if you're not going to follow your own stupid rules. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Does anybody believe that Magic Johnson asked him if he could get his picture taken with him? No. I don't, I don't believe it. that either. I don't buy it. Not for a second. What magic? Yeah. Can I get a picture with, with you, you, Governor? You're the, you're awesome. How many? Think about <laughs> how many times like the Lakers would have visited presidents. He's met all these world leaders. Yes, he's a global brand. But it was I just need that pic with the Governor, <laughs> governor of California, California, Gavin Newsom, the hair gel guy. <laughs> I suppose it's possible. I'm just. Oh, no way. So the failing New York Times has decided the Hunter Biden story is real after all. That's incredible timing. We'll get to that much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. 
The failing New York Times? Are they dealing in misinformation right now when it comes to Hunter Biden? No. Well, according to a report from Politico, the New York Times is digging into Hunter Biden's business relationships. What? The new lawsuit on Monday, the newspaper is suing the uh, State Department to get emails from the Romanian embassy that were sent between 2015 and 2019, mentioning a number of international business people, including the president's son and his former business associate, Tony Bobolinsky. And a whole lot of people in America don't know who Tony Bobolinsky is, but this is a guy, seemed credible. You had a Democrat out of California vouching for him. I think it was mm-hmm. Rokana at the time. He was saying, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's a, he's a credible guy. Who was on the record with Tucker Carlson talking about shenanigans that Hunter Biden was pulling on the international stage using his father's name to make a profit. And That's that right. Joe Biden was at the very least aware of it, potentially getting a cut off of this. Yes, he was the big guy. And That's the, what he was known as. And the story got buried because it was, what, Russian disinformation or something like that? It's like, no, you have a guy on the record saying, here it is. Yes. That wasn't a news story, but now the New York Times is investigating it. And here's the thing. Well, the election's over. Right, the election's over. Here's the other thing. Apparently, based on some other FOIA lawsuits that they filed. Yeah. <laughs> what they're doing is they're investigating Rudy Giuliani. for like calling up buddies in Ukraine trying to dig up uh, dirt on Joe Biden. So I think that's the broader context. It's not about holding Joe Biden accountable for whatever he was doing with his son. It's about trying to see, see, there was nothing going on here. (laughs) Right. That Either that or you just have people turning on Biden now going, uh, we got to get rid of him. So, I mean, we know the legacy media, if they wanted Biden out, they could turn the screws to him fast. Oh, I bet. No doubt in my mind over that. You And you think about, man, with the Hunter story, the Hunter Biden, and we knew at the time it was a real thing. But all of the media together, you know, all the same thing, Russian disinformation. These unverified emails are part of that bigger Russian disinformation effort. An ongoing Russian disinformation effort. A Russian intelligence operation. Clearly discredited material. Connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort. And what I think Vladimir Putin wants is he wants polarization. And you have the president of the United States cooperating in that. <laughs> Gosh, jeez. <laughs> Golly. It's something, man. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I think you put one montage together at the time, David, that was just CNN. Maybe it wasn't a montage just talking about, yeah, this is all Russian disinformation. Yeah. And right now on CNN, we got to listen to Brian Stelter, the media guy, the watchdog, talk about how this Joe Rogan thing is, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. It's so scary, all the disinformation that's going on out there. Th- this is... I'm just going to play you part of this moron talking about this. I think it's both of Young and Joni Mitchell and other artists, and we don't know how many complained privately. We also don't know how many subscribers either canceled or threatened to cancel over the weekend. But clearly, Daniel Eck, the CEO of Spotify, was under enough pressure that he took these very urgent actions on Sunday afternoon. Okay, urgent actions. 
What are the urgent actions? Uh, here are three of the examples, Kate, of what the company says they're doing. They're publishing the rules they already have in place for podcasts. That's huge. Rules you already have in place? Right. Okay. They are working toward adding a content advisory around any podcast episode involving COVID-19, and they're going to test ways to highlight the rules. That's huge. So the big fear is Joe Rogan, he appeals to a lot of males, especially younger males. Oh, my gosh. And believe everything they say. So we put this advisory. This is COVID-19. Just know that, that this isn't verified by mainstream doctors. Oh, that's massive. Like, it's going to change anybody's mind. Please. So basically, they're doing what Twitter and Facebook and other platforms did two years ago. No, they're not. They're not shutting down accounts, Brian. He can't be this dumb, can he? Yeah, no. sure. This is nothing original, nothing novel. They are belatedly responding to the pressure from artists and subscribers. But here's what X said in a statement, quote, no, It is important to me that we don't take on the position of being content censor while also making sure there are rules in place and consequences for those who violate them. You okay, and he talks about it. You can hear the tension there. I mean, he doesn't mention Joe Rogan, but this is really about, you know, Joe Rogan. And then what is it he says? Which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. You think about major is newsrooms it? like CNN that have health departments and deaths and operations that work hard on verified information on COVID-19. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. Does he remember not that long ago the whole horse dewormer thing? Right. Was CNN discredited? Owned by Joe Rogan on that whole entire episode? Russian oh, collusion. The, the whips on the border. Whips on the border. That's yeah, right. all that. Yeah. Uh, Donald Trump is stealing mailboxes. Do I need to go on? <laughs> yeah, but you could. <laughs> I think that one still makes you, me laugh. Just the sentence. Donald Trump was stealing mailboxes. <laughs> it's just crazy. But I think you've been both right. They both know. The game's over. As far as the New York Times, Stelter, we've been found out. We're desperate now. We're, we're just going to ride this thing out and just keep lying about it. I mean, there was more to that that, I mean, we could absolutely get to. Meanwhile, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, is trying to go back to this. Republicans are the ones that defunded police. <laughs> that much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. That's still wild to me. What David talked about earlier this hour. John Hopkins saying, yeah, lockdowns did very little good. Yeah, they 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 did not really uh prevent a noticeable amount of deaths from COVID, but we know what the societal impacts have been. Uh, at least up to this point, I suspect we won't know the full impact for, I don't know, what, 10 years, maybe longer? Probably. Because you've got a whole generation of kids in some major cities that have been kept out of school or were kept out of school for the better part of two years. Who knows how much learning loss happens? Who knows how many kids just fell off the grid completely? I mean, man, this, this oh, is man. like 
civilization-ending stuff right here or close to it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you read what's going on around the world, like Denmark has now scrapped most of its COVID-19 restrictions. Like, moving on. Um, The wording was, what, we're just, we're no longer in this emergency state. That part is over. Um, They said, you know, we're not going to know what's going to happen in the future if some crazy variant comes out. Um, It might not be the final goodbye to restrictions, but we feel pretty good right now. And what they said is, it is not a socially critical disease at this point. That's great. Yeah. Well, this notion that we can't do anything until it's eradicated is ridiculous. Well, especially... It's never going to be eradicated. It's not going to happen. With the vaccine mandate, for so many people, and I understand you're so confused because, again, it's like you say this over and over because it's true. The vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it or spreading it. No. So why a mandate? It doesn't make sense. Well, you keep it still. I mean, it keep you out of the hospital, and it's the the threat to the hospital being overrun. It's because bureaucrats and politicians need to feel like they're doing something. That's why so many people are just done with that part of it. I agree. And then it's, oh, we got some guy with a podcast and a bunch of people listen to it. We don't really know much about it, but it's got to stop because he had these doctors on that said stuff we don't like. Okay, and that's dangerous misinformation. It's costing lives. Oh, my gosh, it needs to end. We talked a little bit about that with CNN, Brian Stelter, what he was saying about Joe Rogan. There was a little another piece to that you should probably hear. Who make it up as they go along. Yeah, that's And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform, Kate. But that's what the, is the heart of this right now. Yeah, the, the actual problem is that you are fake news. That's Absolutely. actually the problem, is that outlets like CNN, outlets like MSNBC, not to mention the over, over-the-air broadcast, are so dishonest in their reporting that people know they can't trust what what they're seeing. Yes. I mean, not that everything goes back to this, but the riots in 2020 was a perfect example. When CNN says fiery but mostly peaceful protest, they claim that, oh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse murdered two black people. A lot they, of people still believe that. Yes, they lie. And all it takes is for somebody to see the facts and realize, oh, my gosh, this was an egregious lie. What else are they telling me that is not true? And I think we're at the point where a responsible news consumer goes in assuming that whatever outlet they're watching or reading is lying to them. Yeah. And the thing about Rogan to me, you know, I'll see different clips at different times. It doesn't just pop up every day. It depends on who he's talking to that I might be interested in. I've brought different clips from his podcast on before because it might make news. It's interesting. He's got an open mind. And he brought up, you know, when they say, oh, he really walked it back, he apologized, he's going to do better, he's going to, you know, bring on both sides of an argument, that sort of thing. He was reminding people of things that he's brought up, you know, months ago, that were labeled misinformation that turned out to be true 
whether that was cloth masks, um, that the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting Omicron or spreading it early on. You couldn't say that until what? CNN says it's okay to say now they keep the rules or is it the New York Times or is it the White House? Who is it? But he talked about the guests that he's had on. The podcast has been accused of spreading dangerous misinformation, specifically about two episodes, a little bit about some other ones, but specifically about two. One with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and one with Dr. Robert Malone. Dr. Peter McCullough is a cardiologist and he is the most published physician in his field in history. Dr. Robert Malone owns nine patents on the creation of mRNA vaccine technology and Mm -hmm. is at least partially responsible for the creation of the technology that led to mRNA vaccines. Both these people are very highly credentialed, very intelligent, very accomplished people, and they have an opinion that's different from the mainstream narrative. I wanted to hear what their opinion is. And you know what he has in common there? with millions of people across the United States and the world. What's that? They wanted to know, too. Right. Remember when we would all say to each other on this show, and if you were listening, you remember we would talk about it, and you might send us a message about it going, this doesn't make sense, how we're tackling this thing. What's real? You don't know what to believe. Well, wait a second. Here is a doctor that has prescribed whatever it was at the time, you know, um, hydroxychloroquine, and he got good results from it. Now, as just a thinking person, does that mean it's going to work for everybody? Be like, oh, it might just be one person. You don't really know, but that's interesting to know that it worked there. Yeah. It might not work for everybody. But the powers that be feel like, oh, the little dumb people, we can't let any of that information get out. They could make their own conclusions. We're going to tell them exactly whether or not to believe that or not. And to do what we say to do, you might get your own ideas if this other information is out there. That's not the United States. Well, I think it also rankles them that guys like Rogan come in through the back door and are wildly successful. Yes. He doesn't have his journalism degree up on the wall and is three years reporting from Fort Wayne before you went into the big leagues. You know, he's just talking just a guy. Yeah. Who had an idea and sat down and went with it and had 12 people listening when it started, and it grew from there. Why but, did that happen? Because he was lying all the time? No. No, it happened because he brought people. He was curious, like journalists used to be. But then you have people that were shut out from media that have another place to talk. Yes. Differing opinions on heavy subjects. Yes. And if you follow long enough... No, you can talk to some people that end up to be kooks. Sure. You can talk to people that were right all along. You just don't know, but you still want to hear what's going on with it. Well, they're trying to make Rogan Alex Jones. Yeah. You know, that's what pisses me off. You know, it's come on, man. Yeah. But I I would not say he's totally walking everything back. That's a joke. Okay. We mentioned Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary. Yes. Yes. She's going back to this lie again? Yeah, well, she walked into a minefield by criticizing Fox News for covering, well, failed criminal justice policies in major cities that have gotten a whole lot of people killed in the last year and a half. Uh, And this is what she initially said on a podcast, wondering, well, why is Fox News even covering this? (laughs) 
on Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Right. Um, so there's an alternate universe on some uh, coverage. What's scary about it is a lot of people watch that. It is scary to people like you that want to control the way people think and yeah. keep information suppressed. So she was asked about that and whether that attitude is representative of the Biden administration as a whole. Okay. This ought to be good. Two clips of Saki we got to suffer through? Yeah. Yeah, it better be good. Go ahead. What I was speaking to was a Chiron on Fox News, since you raised it, which suggested this administration is soft on crime with no basis. Well, this is what I was talking about with in no the interview basis. for the full context. What are you talking about? Well, the other thing is, is, I don't think that segment had anything to do with the Biden administration. It was about, you know, New York City. It was about Portland. It was about Los Angeles. So projection there from right. Pisaki. <laughs> right. Got it. In the American Rescue Plan, there was additional funding to support local cops programs, something that every single uh-huh. Republican voted against. <laughs> and the other fact that is never talked about in these Fox packages, maybe in this one, is the fact that gun crime is a major driver of crime there across the go. country. Also a fact. Wait. So those are pieces, I think, in that moment uh, I was speaking to. And again, we're about the facts here. Okay. Anybody caught with an illegal gun, three years in prison, no questions asked. What do you think, Pisaki? Uh, uh, that seems a little harsh for some people. Mm. No, they want to take away law-abiding citizens' guns. That's what that is about. Well, I mean, Not the criminals. Pretty sure Fox viewers know good and well that a lot of this is criminals who are using guns to kill other people. I think everybody's well aware of that. Mm-hmm. The issue is not necessarily with an inanimate object. It's the fact that a lot of these people who go out and kill others should have been locked up, but were let out. Yep. No, you got to have law and order. I mean, that's something that most Americans agree on. Far left took the party hostage there. She's out there parroting the talking points. Okay. Other stuff. You know what? There's a poll out. Americans would love to go on a road trip. Little roadie? Anybody? Yeah, I love Why road not? trips. Road trips are fun. It can be. Here's the difference, David, between you and a lot of people. Okay? Yeah. A lot of people say, yes, want to go. Um, I, I just don't want to do any of the driving, is what they say. Yeah, just want to passenger it, man. You like to drive, David. I love to drive, yeah. A lot of people would love to go on the road trip, just don't want to drive. Depends on who's driving. Okay, it's David's driving. And I'm in? I'm in the passenger side, David's driving? Yeah. I tr- I would trust David driving, yeah. That didn't sound yeah. like a wholehearted Well, I mean, endorsement. you know me, man. I'm game. Absolutely, I'm down. If David's driving. Yes. Okay. Well, we, well, we hit the road a few years ago. What about me driving? Yeah, I've ridden with you before. Again, half-hearted, I sense. <laughs> well, what? Too fast for you? I, I wouldn't be worried you controlled the hi-fi, the stereo. Well, the driver controls that. Unless yeah, I don't feeling... think I want to deal with that for three hours or four hours. Too much for you? Of accept and Iron Maiden. and I mix in a lot of different stuff. Okay. David's, so... David's music selection might be a little more diverse. No, I, I like audiobooks now. I do, too. I like a lot of different stuff. Okay. 
Okay. You're going to drive with books being read. I think we could all agree on one thing. Yeah. What? If Scott's driving, none of us are interested. No, I'm out. Yeah, out. Now, that's not fair. I'm going to try to flag down one of those Canadian truckers. I know they're not working right now, so. They're not driving either. Right, yeah. <laughs> be sitting in the cab with them. <laughs> At least that's safe. <laughs> if people would say they would go on about a seven-hour trip, but, again, most people don't want to drive. Not and the I, full seven hours. Well, a lot of, think about it now. It's so different because you got a phone. I mean, you can look up a bunch of stuff. I mean, you got stuff that'll keep your attention, you know. No, it's nothing against your choice of music. Well, that would be not good, Scott, but it's you get mad at people, you yell at other drivers, that sort of thing. Gosh. All right. News update on ivermectin straight ahead. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, you happened to bring this up yesterday. Saw it in a few places. Ivermectin has an antiviral effect against Omicron and other mutant strains of COVID-19. Right? And they found this out through a Japanese pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, It's interesting because you read different stories about it. You go digging. And this is where you really got to dig deep on different topics, trying to know exactly what's real and what's not. So you can see, man, they use it in 22 different countries. They say, yeah, this is effective in treating it. Take India, for instance, right? Because for a while it was like, man, they were using ivermectin in India. It was really effective. Why doesn't it come over to the United States? Well, then some would say, well, Okay, it's dicey to even say these types of things, but some would say, well, depending on your region, because as this has been used, you know, with humans for quite a long time now, it won the Nobel Prize, David. Um, it depends on what else you have going on within your body. Yeah. Okay, so if you have some other stuff going on in your body, that would be more common in, say, India than the United States, it may be more effective. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not to say that everyone has worms, but there are different <laughs> parasites. Right. Okay. If you're thinking horse dewormer, yeah, oh, the, goodness gracious. The worms have COVID, and so you just flush them out. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gosh, damn. <laughs> All right, COVID the, worms are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but at this university in Tokyo... Um, at least according according to Reuters, um, the universities showed that it had the same antiviral effect on all mutant strains, including Alpha, Delta, and Omicron. The company also noted that ivermectin suppresses invasion of the virus and inhibits its replication. Mm-hmm. It's expected to be applied as a therapeutic drug for all new coronavirus infectious diseases. Okay. That's what the report said. Well- Right. Well, well, and that's that's why I don't get the defensive posture that so many people have, like in mainstream media, other than they don't like that a guy like Joe Rogan is talking about it and his audience dwarfs theirs. I mean, it's not even close. Right. Right. Between them. And so they're just jealous. Maybe it is just good old fashioned jealousy. 
But, I mean, Duke University is still doing clinical trials on ivermectin and whether or not it works. To say that it definitely works is not true. But to say that it definitely doesn't work is also not true. Because if it definitely didn't work, then no one would be wasting their time with it. Right. And some of these would say, well, it works 64% of the time. Mm-hmm. Which you say, well, that's not great. But if you're feeling like crap in the hospital, you're like, I'll take my chances. You would want the freedom to be able to do that. That's Mm -hmm. obviously why they're doing the studies. But this is also interesting. Reuters had to change their original headline from effective against Omicron, talking about ivermectin, to having an antiviral effect. Right. Corrected the statement. Okay, it all sounds very ticky-tack. And there's part of me that just thinks, okay, because the media, legacy media, is so against ivermectin, horse dewormer, everything else, they don't want to ever have to walk it back. It'll be embarrassing. Again, we're this far down the road and still trying to figure out what's real and what's not. So you just change the name or change the description. Well, it's, it's how effective is it? You know, I mean, is it... Effective, or is it having an antiviral effect? Okay. And I, and you were left more confused. Yeah, I am. Right. And most people just want to know, does it work or not? And most yeah. people understand there's a guarantee it may not work, but just to demonize it is where people are tired of all of that stuff. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot of different things. There's an update on Whoopi Goldberg. David wants to get to. Um, also, a report from CNN how we got to follow the science so get five year olds vaccinated. Golly. Um, but I happened to see this story last night. Um, I'll just share it with you and then I'll tell you where I saw it. Okay. The headline said Biden to allow trans identified men in women's prisons, reversing Trump era ban except in rare cases. You heard this before? No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised yeah, because I'm not they're basically just a bad idea factory. Very much so, yes. I would agree with that. I'm like, oh, what are we what are we talking about here exactly? Says so the United States Department of Justice has unveiled new guidance allowing male inmates at federal prisons to be housed with female prisoners. No. The DOJ's Federal Bureau of Prisons outlined changes to the, quote, transgender offender manual. No. In a 14-page document released back on January 13th. Nope. The stated purpose of the update is to ensure the Bureau of Prisons properly identifies, tracks, and provides services to the transgender population. Okay. Specifically, the changes removed language inserted into the Transgender Offender Manual by the Trump administration. Do away with that. What does all of this mean? Or what does it mean? Uh, 
if you're a dude, you identify as a woman, you go to a woman's prison. Mm-hmm. We've already heard of the stories and that, of rape that going on here. That sounds a whole hell of a lot better than dealing with a men's prison, doesn't it? If you're a dude? Yes. Yeah, all of a sudden, you get caught on something. You're framed, and you're going to prison, Scott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you still a dude? Or are you Scottina? I <laughs> It's a man, baby. What are you going to do? I become Scottina. <laughs> I've been living as a woman for years. <laughs> I mean, I have cats. <laughs> okay, so this is your proof. You have cats. Essential you, oils. You have essential yeah. oil. You do. You yeah. burn them. Right. You have your blankie. The cats sit up there. Yeah. Right, and occasionally I'll rock out to Dan Fogelberg. Yeah. And air supply. No, and, wait, hold on. Okay, go ahead. And you watch The Bachelor? Yes, I've been known to watch The Bachelor. And you've got Michael Jackson wall art. Wall so art. we know you're a degenerate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it qualifies me. I think you're a lot closer than a lot of these dudes are going to be identifying as yes. women. And I'm I'm reading this going, holy smokes. Um, and, you know, because, as I mentioned, there's been rape and sexual assaults before. Um, and it, part of the story says one female prisoner recalled an interaction between a young female prisoner and a trans-identified man in the prison yard, and he spoke of getting it on with her. Had no intention of getting rid of his, you know, what makes him a man. What yeah, is a transgender lesbian. And said these guys have been overheard saying to one another, stick to the plan. What's exactly the plan? We're not certain, but... uh don't be surprised when the first female gets pregnant. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yes, another female inmate has suffered sexual abuse, gang rape, rape by a co-defendant, domestic violence, and wrote about the horror of having to wait for a possible sex offender with a penis to be housed in a cell with me. So this is being fought by the Women's Liberation Front, a feminist group, and some other groups. Maybe you remember this, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas introduced the Preventing Violence Against Female Inmates Act that would forbid the Bureau of Prisons from using asserted gender identity to house inmates of one sex with inmates of the opposite sex for obvious reasons. It's crazy. Well, here's the trade-off. If you want if you if you want to push this thing, then you need to be required to have your male parts removed. I bet that would knock down this crap. Pretty quick. Scott Tina is back to Scott right. in a hurry. It's oh. a man, baby. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. In those situations when you have vulnerable populations who could be at risk even more. Yes. Pretend time is over. You're a man. Oh, man. Ooh, daddy. The thing is, I feel like, how did I miss that story? Had you seen this story, David? I have not, no. I saw it at the Christian Post. I didn't see anybody cover it. No. I was actually looking up a different story about a pastor getting a bunch of trouble. Because they'll cover that stuff. So I'm looking, I'm like, what? I usually don't go there for news on the Biden administration, but I guess if no one's going to cover it, I'm glad I know about it. That's freaking insane. Meanwhile, we talked about vaccines earlier, that Pfizer is, you know, trying to get the okay for, well, five and under starting at six months for a baby to get vaccinated. But it wouldn't be, if, as I remember it, 
Two wasn't going to do the trick. You needed three yeah. to be effective. Right. Okay. And this is Jake Tapper at CNN, David? Yeah. Uh, CNN's Jake Tapper was interviewing Dr. Jonathan Reiner and asked about reopening schools, and that's where this whole vaccination thing comes into play. Okay, here we go. One of the things that, that uh, look, this show has been talking about the need to open schools since the summer of 2020. Uh, so I'm not against that, and, and we've been talking, because we've been following the science, right. and that's what the science has been saying. One of the things that's a little... That's a little hard to take, i got to admit. <laughs> they've been... Yeah, oh, right. Really? Yeah, been One aboard. of the things that's a little bit frustrating is people demanding schools be open, people demanding that uh, students don't have to wear masks without acknowledging that most kids are still not vaccinated. If you want to, it seems to me, you want to open the schools as safely as possible, you know, all the kids and teachers and faculty and staff need to be vaccinated. That's the safest thing to do, right? Right. You can't have it both ways. You can't not vaccinate your kids and also want your kids to go to school completely unencumbered. Uh, Sure you can. There's been a lot of Catholic schools and Christian schools that have done it across the country with no problem. Yeah. Next. Look it up. The data's out there. Jake, Mr. Journalist. What are we talking about? What am I missing there, David? You're not missing anything. I mean, no, these, are, these are people who don't actually, they, they've somehow forgotten how to think critically about things. They have. And not realized that, yes, there have been a lot of schools that have opened up without mask mandates, without vaccine mandates. It's of course. possible. It has been possible this entire time. And yes. especially now, if you're considering teachers, uh, if teachers want to be vaccinated, they can be vaccinated. Many of them probably are already vaccinated. That's yes. the higher risk population, not the kids in the classroom. So you can you can go about reopening schools right now without any concern. Absolutely. <laughs> it's just absolutely maddening mm-hmm. talking about how much kids have suffered through this whole thing, and we know that from Johns Hopkins and other, you know, other places that have done the research. My goodness. All right, Whoopi Goldberg, what's the update there? Oh, well, crazy. she's apologizing because uh, yesterday, as we talked about, she uh, said that uh, the Holocaust was not about race. Now, the Nazis would definitely disagree with that uh, sentiment because it, it was a racial battle in their in their estimation. Uh, so she winds up on Stephen Colbert's show last night, mm-hmm. and this was part of what they talked about. And I had not seen this until the break, but apparently she kind of doubled down on why she said the Holocaust was not about race. And I'll leave the setup from uh, Stephen Colbert here. Uh, just let me know if you want me to stop and go here at any point. Okay. Have you have you come to understand that the Nazis saw it as race? Well, because they might, like, well, asking the Nazis, they would say, yes, it's a racial issue. Well, see, this is what's interesting to me, because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They, they had issues with ethnicity, not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people, and most of the people they were attacking were white people. So to me, I'm thinking, how can you, how can you say it's about race if you are fighting each other? So... It all really began because I said, how will children, how will we explain to children what happened in Nazi Germany? This wasn't, I said, this wasn't racial. This was about white on white. 
And everybody said, no, 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 it was racial. And so that's what this all came from. So once again, don't write me anymore. I know how you feel. Okay, I already know. I get it. And uh, I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a double that now, not a... I don't know. I understand what that means. <laughs> well, I, well, it's Robin's Don't write me anymore. I'm going to take your word for it. You know, I, I don't really understand even the entire thing. And now this is a person who's very locked into American concepts of race, which in some ways to me is almost... I want to carefully choose my words here, but in a sense, there is a sign of progress in this complete McGurkin that she's pointing out there, because in her mind, race is about the color of your skin, which historically throughout world history, that's kind of not what it's always been about. And so she says, well, these were two, in her estimation, again, white groups that were fighting each other, so it can't be about race. Well, you can also go back to the genocide in Rwanda, the Hutu versus the Tutsis, right? That mm-hmm. was that was also a racial conflict. Both sides were black. So I, I don't know, man. I, I think in some ways her ignorance on this particular topic and, and trying to worm her way into saying that the Holocaust wasn't about race somehow shows that we actually don't have nearly the a, a as big a problem about race in this country as elsewhere in the world. No, not when you really do a lot of reading on that topic. We've come a long way, and I know you always got to say we still got a ways to go. Sure, you're always going to have racist people, and different races have racist people. It's not only whites. Got to stop that nonsense. That's always going to be a part of it. But, I mean, if you look at everything that's happened in the last 50 years since Martin Luther King Jr., and we just, you know, have talked about this over the last couple of weeks, it's pretty remarkable. But, you know, voices like Larry Elder, Thomas Sowell, they, they're drowned out by the race hustlers. You know, I mean, you, you see it all the time. Well, we, we talk talked about, about how many right. things have changed over time. We talked about this yesterday. Why are people flooding our southern border who don't look like us to come to a country that's rife with racism? Well, they'll never get an opportunity because of the color of their skin. Why would they do that? They wouldn't. Of because course they, they would. They know better. They know this is the best I mean, place you to be. You want to turn them over the borders, guy? Don't come here. Bunch By of- the way, and on that topic, yeah. I thought I read something wrong. He actually did say it. Biden said, yeah, we still got to figure out why people are coming here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He said it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he did. We got to try to find that. I just remembered that. I saw it last night. I'm like, he actually said that. Like like Kamala didn't figure out the root causes. Everybody still needs to figure that out. Are you kidding? Why is it men are attractive to beautiful women with big chests and beautiful booties? I can't figure it out. <laughs> why is it? We need to get to the root cause of that. Go to Walmart's I, in third world countries because yeah. that's why they're coming here. I volunteer to be on the uh, beautiful women with big chests and booties uh, task force. Really? To find the root cause of that, yes. I would like you to name me that task force, please. I want to remind David that his wife 
is becoming quite the Marx person. It, it's for science, Jamie. <laughs> I'm sure if she's uh, getting out her gun to have a chat with you, it'll be all about science. But we'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I told you I want to find the clip of Biden saying uh, we need to figure out why migrants are leaving their home countries for the United States. I got the story. I don't have the clip. Um, and in the clip, he says, we're working with a lot of neighboring countries. There's a lot to do. And he had a, ve- a meeting with uh, Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. And the National Governors Association at the White House. That was yesterday. She's been working on this for almost a year now, right? Yes, she has. Still working on that root cause thing? Mm-hmm. This is insanity. I Everyone know. knows. Know. You just got to shake your head at some point. What's the root I, cause? I why do kids like ice cream? <laughs> we need to find the root cause. We need to figure out why young people are sneaking into R-rated movies. Hmm. Hmm. Why would they do that? Gee, I don't know. Why are people coming to the country from these poor countries? You can't figure it out. Still trying to figure out the root causes. You've been in office over a year and you still don't know? I mean, you should be impeached for that. You're too stupid. Okay. First time a president's been impeached for stupidity. (laughs) Well, during the break, as I was trying to look that up, all I heard David say was, what the... They just like enemy of the people. What were you talking about? All right. So it's NBC News. They've got this long article about how, as they put it, banned books on race and sexuality are disappearing from Texas schools in record numbers. Now, you look (laughs) at some of these titles, and I think reasonable people would say, uh, good. What are the titles? One of them was, uh, what's it called, Lawn Boy, which has graphic depictions of two young boys giving each other oral sex. Hmm. Yeah, that's needed in school. Is yeah, that needed? That's something of course that, not. Yeah, you can find if you want to have like they, how they're framing it all is like all these parents want to uh, strip away identities of kids who identify as gay or bisexual or whatever. I mean, if you wanted to provide books that I guess had characters who were gay in it, most parents probably wouldn't have much of a problem with it. It's it's really the you know oral sex at camp thing that people are upset about more than yeah. anything. Well, also the indoctrination that's going on in a yeah. lot of different places. So a lot of schools across the country. They uh, they say records request to nearly a hundred school districts in the Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, and Austin regions reveal seventy five formal requests by parents or community members to ban books from libraries during the first four months. Of this school year. You're talking about populations of over 10 million people. 75 (laughs) requests to review the books that are on the shelves. Right. Give me a break. Yeah, that's the oppression from the left right now. Uh See, we're trying to take these books out. It's life-giving to these children. No, it's not. Meanwhile, full court press to cancel Joe Rogan. 
Golly. <laughs> okay. Also, you had a story we have to get to. This is a Georgetown? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about censorship. Yeah, okay, so this takes a little bit of setup here, but okay. students at Georgetown University's law school are having a sit-in today because a senior lecturer there hurt their feelings on Twitter. Uh, Ilya Shapiro is the lecturer's name. He was reacting to Joe Biden's pledge to only look at black women for the Supreme Court. Uh, and he suggested the chief judge of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, who's an Indian-American male, says this is a great judge. But Shapiro went on to say he doesn't fit the intersectionality hierarchy, so we'll get a lesser black woman. You can't say <laughs> you know, so, so a bunch of people took that to mean he was saying that black women are lesser. No, he was saying that this judge, in his opinion, was really qualified and would do a great job but we're going to get a lesser judge. He apologized. Georgetown put him on leave pending an investigation. And at this sit-in, students were demanding a space to cry, and the dean of students said, we're going to give you that space to cry. Yes, absolutely. And that's who this is? Yes. It's really hard to walk out of Carrie. It is really, really hard to walk out of class or meeting in tears. And you should always have a place on campus where you can go. You feel like you're not then also under people's eyes and observation. Oh, my God. You don't want to answer a question of what's going on. And if you're finding that you're not getting the first <laughs> Okay. Out, we got Robbins the trifecta and a lot of weeping to get to. Come on up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a lot of news happening today. And we just got the story that there is going to be a cry closet or just a place to cry? Georgetown Law School. uh, Some students at Georgetown University's law school are upset because a senior lecturer who's now suspended pending an investigation uh, wrote something that offended them on Twitter. He's apologized, but it doesn't really matter. They're calling for his job. And they also need a safe space to go and cry when something like this happens to them. Uh, Mitch Balin is the Georgetown Law Dean of Students, and he says, yes, that's a good idea. We're going to give you a space to cry, students. Okay, we heard part of his statement. Here's the rest if you're finding that you're not getting the person you want to talk to or not getting the space that you need, reach out to me anytime. Anytime. Uh, and we will find you space and we will find you the right Oh, my gosh. That's getting people ready for the real world? <sighs> oh, not, not just anybody. I mean, you're talking about a prestigious law school. These are going to be the leaders of the legal prof- uh, profession. For years to come, theoretically. Well, yeah, I mean, you're attacking a lawyer's defense or prosecution. <laughs> I mean, how are they going to deal with those kinds of attacks? Objection? That line <laughs> of questioning is making me cry. All right, we'll take a quick recess so you can visit the cry closet. Uh, court, will, 
be back in session in 10 minutes. 10 minutes work? 15? Okay, 15. Yeah. All right. Can you see the new recruitment ads? Full benefits, paid vacation, healthy 401K, family-oriented work hours, and a cry closet. Awesome. That'll tip it. (laughs) Hey, shut the door to the cry closet. You want privacy, right? We don't want to hear it. Gee whiz. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Oh, they're not done. (laughs) How long is this going to take? No. Man, oh, man. Somebody called him a bad name. Is that what it was? Yeah. You know, I got a a friend of ours that listens to the show. He goes, anytime you got guys crying on the show, it kills me every time. Yeah. I don't know why. Not sure. (laughs) You bust out the classics. John Boehner, Republican. Oh, that's an all-timer. That's all the famer. On yeah. 60 Minutes, talking about the American dream, and he wants kids to have a chance like he did. Thank God. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> he had the sniffles going. He had a little yeah. snotter going. Yes. Had to bring it back in the whole bit, man. Yeah, there's a lot. Oh, yes. Okay. We're getting Come requests yeah, now. I, mean, I know. Everybody wants Van Jones. Yes. Yeah. When After the election. When Biden won, he was weeping. Okay, strong man. In this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers back for no reason. The guy was weeping on a lie. Well, that's what it kills me every time. I don't know if you have Phil Leposky at the ready, but... Van Jones. Mm-hmm. Oh, David has. Oh, I, 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 I mean, this is the Hall of Fame. Of this course, is I've got the, it right. ready. This is the goat. This right is here. Nick Filipowski. Yep. Was the six and ten sports guy at a TV station in Buffalo. Yes. And he, after two years, decided he wasn't going to renew his contract. Wound up working across the street like a couple right. months later. Yes. But, but this was his tearful farewell. <laughs> From Dick Filipowski. It has been a while. If I cry, it's because I inherited that from my mom. Uh, So I leave you with this. If you have a dream, go chase it. Nobody is going to believe in your dream like you believe in it. But it doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. I chased my dream, and I ended up here in Buffalo. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the slaughter, too. (laughs) Yes. My daughter is a Buffalonian. Every night she asks me about Augie. And when the next Sabres game is, I hope you had the time of your life. I did. Bye, bye, bye. I love you, Buffalo. <laughs> then he went across the street, right? He's still there. We've been. We talked about this for years. We want to get him on for an interview. Yeah, the the official cry correspondent of the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin show. He'd roll with that, right? He'd yeah, have he does. Humor. Here, here's thing the thing. Too. That's a pared down version. Yeah, I know of it. I mean, the the actual thing is like what three minutes long or something like that. I mean, it's it's pretty lengthy. It's on YouTube if you ever want to find it. Nick Filipowski cries. I encourage you to go watch. Over it. Christmas break, my family and I enjoyed it. I'm not joking. <laughs> it's like the night before Christmas. Everybody gathers around <laughs> to hear Nick Filipowski. <laughs> Every night she asks me, but Augie. <laughs> See, that's the best part right there. Yeah. Just let her cry. <laughs> okay, we got to move on. We got other things that we got to get to. <laughs> okay. In Buffalo. 
<laughs> time for the top three news stories of the day. Oh, gosh, dang it. Do that every day. It's Hootie and the Buffalo Fish. Yeah. I have to follow. The guy just hit a grand slam in front of me. Now i got to come up the Don't stop the music. You can drive back there. Okay. Thank Are you. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Trifecta is Scott Robbins. <laughs> top three stories of the day. Helped by his top 40 hero, boys. Hero in general. I'm Casey Kasem. Yes. Counting him down, and we always I'm ready. start with three. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage yes. is apparently on the outs when it comes to the little person community. Yes, the dwarfism community. Yeah. He took off on some kind of woke rant on a podcast about Disney and Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and how they portrayed the little people as just nothing but cave dweller, funny looking creatures. And he was mad about that. Okay. Dinkley said, I got a problem with the way Snow White portrays the dwarfs. Well, the dwarf people got very angry with him and said, hey, I don't have a problem with Snow White. What I do have a problem with is you, Dinklage, putting yourself on a pedestal and looking down on jobs that countless dwarfs in the entertainment industry would love to fill. Seven little people are now out of a job. Honestly, who died and made Peter Dinklage the king of the dwarfs? It pisses me off. Wow. Is that the guy... Last night, who died in me? <laughs> yes, dwarfs. it pisses me off. Yes, oh. <laughs> yes. Someone needs to make that into a T-shirt and give it to Hank Johnson. <laughs> yeah. My gosh, man! Oh gosh, dang! <laughs> okay, I don't know whether to even bring this up right now or not. Now I have to because I said it. Okay. David, I don't know what context this was or when this happened, but you brought a story to the show. Okay. Okay. And it was Dr. Phil doing a show, and you had the promo that we played. It was some evil dwarf child. Oh, Do you remember this? I remember that. Yeah. No, this is I, – I don't, I don't remember where this was, but it, I think – she was actually like 20 or something like that. Okay. But she was adopted by a family who thought she was four or or like a small child. Oh, my god! But she gosh. was an adult. She was an adult female, but she had dwarfism. Got it. Okay. Scott, it's your trifecta. Do you want to hear that? Fire it up. This yeah, is from go. a few years back. Was this adopted Ukrainian orphan? Are you a 33-year-old scam artist? Masquerading as a six-year-old child. She's painted you as an evil dwarf who's going to poison their coffee or stab them in their sleep. Natalia would simply tell us, I'm trying to kill the boys. Stab them in their sleep. Oh. Holy smokes. Now. They say you scammed them, lied about your age, and terrorized them. For the first time. It's not true at all. She speaks out. I just want people to hear my side. Why did they want to get rid of you so badly? A six or seven year old child living in an apartment alone for a year? What? That's just not believable to me. The Dr. Phil exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> where, where is the, 
Where's the king of the dwarves to get her in line? Come on. No kidding, Who man. Who died and made you the king of the dwarves? <laughs> no, man. <laughs> well, I, I saw that guy make his case on Tucker's show, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it took away a lot of opportunities for right. people. Okay, I know. We and have... the countdown <laughs> continues. A little detour there. Two. Uh, Denver is dropping their mask and vaccine mandates. Yeah, mask of uh, Denver's mask or proof of vaccine requirement to enter every business is set to expire this week. And the health officials in Colorado say, we're done. This thing has run out of fuel within our community. Residents of Colorado have a very high vaccination rate, and apparently the numbers have been going down, and uh, they're going to go ahead and do this. Unless, of course, there's something called the midterm variant, which comes up, and that is possible (laughs) that they'll reverse course at that point. Okay. But a lot of cities are going to do this following suit. I would think so. And then there's some sort of pushback, and I don't know if you guys have heard this at different places, saying, well, the reason Denver can do that is enough people are vaccinated. These other places, you just can't do it. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of places that have not had any mandates for quite a while and have been just fine. That seems to be forgotten sometimes. Well, it's also the deal. We talked about this earlier. I mean, COVID is here. COVID is going to stay here. We're always going to have to deal with COVID. On some level, COVID will, the, the fact we're not going to eradicate this thing. We got to get back to business, though. Yes, I agree. But some people say, yeah, well, you're all for human sacrifice. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Top three stories of the day from Scott Robbins, the trifecta, do it every day at this time. And finally, and yes, one. Uh, well, I know this is big news in the sports world, and this kind of transcends because he's a once in a lifetime kind of athlete, but Tom Brady is retiring, at least for now. Yeah, he's going out. Uh, that's what he was saying anyway, that he is gone for good. He's uh, going to turn, what, 45, and he said his time is up, and he desires retirement right now. He said he wants to spend more time with the wife and the kids and doing basic dad-type stuff rather than the constant year-round preparation that he's been making. Yeah. Uh, the President of the United States was asked about this, and he said he's hopeful, hopeful that Tampa will replace him with a black female. <laughs> And that's the trifecta. Yeah. That's right there. Yeah. And there you have yeah. it. That's, that's the walk-off yeah. right, right there. Okay. All right. That's good. Yes. Um, David, when you uh, said what you said, it sounds like you're not believing Tom Brady is actually done. No, I don't. Part of it's because maybe I'm reading too much into the statement that he made. Yeah. But uh, what was it exactly that um, he said, you know, I didn't have 100% competitive commitment and, quote, Right now, it's best I leave the field of play to the next generation. Just for right now. You know, there there's going to be the reunion tour in New England. No, there's not. Tim, Belichick, they're going to go out. They're going to have a run. They're going to win the Super Bowl. No. Gronkowski comes it. back. I don't see it. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't do the retirement route or to the other stadiums, though. Because you get a lot of gifts, cars, and... You know, nice you just things. said earlier he doesn't need anything. Well, he doesn't, but so what? A lot of guys haven't needed anything, but they've done it anyway. Okay, are you guys willing to bet on this? No, I'm not. No, I'm oh, not Okay, either. well, you, you came with such a strong take. This is what's going to happen. I'm, da- I'm down like 35 to you right now. I don't want any part of it either. Okay. I'm, I, I was listening to David and was almost convinced. That he's going to do the I thought, yeah, one I thought, more okay, shot. okay, we're going to have some action yeah. on this. And then all of a sudden, yep, nothing. Yeah. Okay. All right, just curious there. Um, real quick, I saw a quick survey. If you're done with everything with the trifecta, yeah, Scott. I'm done, yeah. Okay. COVID-19, 
impact on your relationship, your love life, mm-hmm. your romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. 26% say negative. It had a negative effect on? That's it. Only 26. Wow. Yeah. 10% said positive effect. A little more time closer together, which leads me into this. This was a poll that was put out there. Um, does your significant other know the password to your phone? Yes. And that's okay with you? Uh, a few years ago it wouldn't have been, but for no other reason than I like my privacy. I'm not really hiding anything, but now, Got it. yeah. Yeah. Yours? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know hers, too? Huh? You know hers, too? Yes. It's good. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes, you know, you might be looking for a photo or whatever, whatever. What's the password to your phone, that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah. You hate the idea of that, don't you? No, I don't hate the idea. I just haven't been asked. So Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you learned how to actually put a phone number into your phone with a name so you can remember who it is? No, it's just really been an honor for me. got to remember numbers. Oh, got it. All right. We got Nimrods in the news and a news update straight ahead right here. Goodbye. Hi. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, apparently the plan is in the works now. Uh, the White House is supportive of a plan to give permanent legal status to families separated at the border. What? There you go. Oh. Yeah. Uh, here is part of the Q&A session with White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. That's the one-year anniversary of the Family Reunification Task Force. As you know, Secretary Mayorkas has told NBC News that the White House is 100% supportive of permanent legal status for families separated at the border. Is that a true statement? We stand by Secretary Mayorkas. Oh, of course you do. Yeah. Guys should actually not only just lose his job, should probably be put in jail. For refusing to do his job. Gosh. You know, real quick, before we get to Nimrods, that should be a Nimrods. We talked about how Jen Psaki um, had said, hey, Fox talking about a soft on crime. I mean, there's Russia, Ukraine, all these stories going on in the world. I mean, they're so out of touch. So out of touch. Crime not important to people? Is that a joke? Mm-hmm. Did you hear about the mom? In New Orleans, she's got four kids, created a magnet to put on your car that says, don't carjack me, kids inside. Golly. Gosh, dang. Yes. she And she said, well. It takes a long time to get them in and out of car seats. And with a gun to your head, I can't imagine having to go through something like that. And so it's either stay silent or, you know, my only idea was to make a magnet. More than making it for a deterrent to make people not do it. It was more to make a statement about the craziness of what's actually going on and hopefully get people talking about it and come up with some solutions. Don't talk about talk about Russia, Ukraine. All right. And family separated at the border. Stay on point there. According to Joe Biden. All right, let's get the Nimrods rolling. 
When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well, this has gone viral. A uh, woman in Pittsburgh, her name's Jen, drives for Uber. It's Uber to you. She's going viral. You know why? <laughs> why? She caught her dude with another chick after she picked him up while they were on a date. She was the Uber driver. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. man. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. Yes. Holy smokes. Um, said he didn't know it was them until... They locked eyes in the rearview mirror. Oh, like, are you got to be kidding me? And that's Nimrod's in the news.